This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Welcome back to another edition of the Love of the Star podcast. I am one half of this show, Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys Insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus, who is now co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, uh, and uh, you can catch him there on the Odyssey app. Uh, Brian, we got a, a lot to talk about in this uh, 32 to 18 victory over the Chargers. Mike McCarthy gets his first preseason win with the Dallas Cowboys, um, but uh, some some good, some bad, a, a lot more good than bad, I think, to take away from this game. So let's let's kind of walk through that for some of the things that we felt really positive about. What was your big takeaway, and uh, why was it Cavante Turpin? <laughs> You know, the I said this on the, the post-game broadcast last night, and even uh, at halftime when we had a chance, you know, on 105.3 uh, to, to do the halftime show and then the post-game. You know, this is something that Will McClay and the front office envisioned for Turpin. We, it, you know, remember, Bobby, when they asked us, or we asked them, you know, spe- specifically Will McClay, I said, Give me the thumbnail on Turpin. And he said, returner first, receiver second, gadget space player third. Yeah. And I'm like going, cool. Okay. Will's first comments to me were about as a returner. And I never felt like I never felt like that it was like his job to lose. Like everybody's like, well, he made the team tonight. He was on. I'm like, he was on the team. Yeah. This to me is the where you look at CJ Goodwin and you go, are we really getting everything out of CJ Goodwin that we have in the past? Or has CJ Goodwin slowed down a bit? I, I know watching the Denver All 22, I didn't see a guy playing with burst. I didn't see a guy playing with change of direction. Now maybe they'll they'll you know say something different there. But I was kind of thinking like if Bones Fossil gets a couple of guys to go along with the three specialists that he already has. You know, these, these coaches, these special teams coaches, they carry big sticks in these meeting rooms. For you sure. know, I remember working with the Cowboys and Jerry Jones always like going towards Joe Alvazano and saying, Joe, what do you think? Joe, what do you think? And this is when we're building the 53 man roster. And so Joe would always say, well, I'd like to have this guy. I'd like to have this guy, you know, that kind of thing. But what's keeping Nation Wright or Mukwamu from being a better C.J. Goodwin. You know, right. what's what's keeping them from doing that? I get it. C.J. Goodwin, veteran player, uh, you know, very savvy, football intelligence, you know, that kind of thing. But if you're Bones Fossil and they give you, say, two guys, 
you're not going to keep C.J. Goodwin over a guy that could potentially be a dynamic kick returner, punt returner. Now, let's see if, in fact, that he's so good at this that all of a sudden teams don't punt him the ball. And all of a sudden, you know, the Chargers made a huge mistake last night. And special teams coaches will do this. Instead of just pumping the ball out of the end zone and, you know, it, you know, and just taking the ball to 20, 25-yard line there, you know, then you you get into a situation where, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, let's see our let's see our guys cover, and then you give up a, a you give up a touchdown because you don't cover, you get blocked, and you know. So I know I'm kind of rambling on about that, but yeah, they really the Chargers gave him the opportunity, you know, for that return and 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 give him some credit for you know hitting the hole, hitting it quick. But this was never going to be about his job of just because he returned a punt and a kick. I kind of felt like that Dallas doesn't have – they didn't have a guy that can do that. Now, maybe if you put Pollard back there to return kicks, we saw that in the Raider game last year, I believe, right? We had a kickoff return for a touchdown in that. So that's where speed and hitting the hole and having vision and elusiveness all comes into play. And you saw it on the punt return, make a man miss, make another man miss. All of a sudden you got double team blocks and now you're – now you're to the wall or to the hole or through and you're gone. So that was never, I mean, he just, he just confirmed what the Dallas Cowboys front office and the specifically Will McClay and Henry Shroka and those guys in the pro side evaluated the player at the USFL. You know, that was, that was what they were like. Yeah, we, we knew this. Don't, don't act surprised. This guy can return punts and kicks. That's why we brought him in. And that's, when you ask him, that's the first thing they'll tell you. He can return punts and he can return kicks. How many times have we watched uh, back in the day the Cole Beasleys and guys that they get no return yardage off a punt? It's a fair catch. It's a gain of four. It's secure catches and all that. But you get no change of no change of the field, no flipping of the field. Right. With this kid, you get the ability to flip the field. If in fact he can make one miss, two miss, and then now you've got everything else secure. Yeah, and he's obviously the big highlight coming out of this game for a kick return touchdown and a punt return touchdown. We also saw the Jets sweep. I think they are going to use him. Uh, it was know. a reverse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's just a reverse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you could, yeah, you could throw this kid the ball. You could hand him the ball. There were things that he, you know, when he first came. Before he even was turning kicks, he he jumped in there, and I remember seven on seven period where he was having some success catching the football. I think he had three catches in one of these seven yeah. on seven periods. So you were kind of like going, "Oh, okay," you know. But the first thing that Will McClay told me was returner. That they knew. Yeah, absolutely. And and if he can make an impact there, that's something that they've searched for for a very long time. They wanted Lucky Whitehead to be that. They wanted Ryan Switzer to be that. If they can get a guy who can do those things and do them as effectively as as Kamonte Turpin appears, then they'll be happy with that. Some other guys that I thought really shined in this game uh, on Saturday night, Ryan, I, I thought Israel Mukwamu was great. Uh, flashed on three of the first five plays, including the interception, but then continued in the second half. Had a couple pass breakups, showed some range playing center field, showed he could cover in the slot, uh, You know, came downhill, made some plays in the run game. He had a really, really good game, and he's really starting to come on now. Uh, he shined in these practices against the Chargers. He's, he's shown up more in the pads come on, and I know Joe Witt's a big fan of his. So Israel Mukwamu, I think, is a guy who's really coming on strong. 
Yeah, that was a great game for him last night. And they put him in a role that he's probably not overly comfortable doing. Playing that linebacker down, that that curse role where all of a sudden you got to read, you got to step up, you got to be very mindful of wham blocks, tight ends, guards, tackles, everybody pulling your direction. You got to be very mindful of that. And there were a couple of times where they left him unblocked. And if you're going to be left unblocked at the, at the point of attack, then you've got to attack and you've got to finish the play. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say he's the absolute best tackler or the most sure tackler, but if he finds ways to get guys on the ground, you know, the way, you know, he, he does it, then there's a place for guys like that. You know, if you're able to read the play, step up and fill – and, and finish, you're going to be playing in these games. So great job by him. We know he's got the ability to cover. We've seen him do that before. So if you give it the coverage aspect, the fill aspect, and the finish aspect, you're going to be on this 53-man roster. And you might be the guys that when they're playing with the, you know, the 48, the game day active guys, whether you're playing special teams or as a backup safety linebacker corner, that guy – uh, as Bill, Par- Bill Parcells would say, when I take you to the game, how many plays are you going to play for me today? You know, and Wakwamu, if he could play a lot of special teams plays and maybe be that backup uh, safety linebacker corner guy, that's a valuable guy to have. Absolutely. Another guy who made a lot of plays, I thought, last night, some that were splashy plays, others that may have gone a little unnoticed, but were still him doing his job was Tristan Hill. A guy who, you know, we talk about McQuamu coming up, um, and, and I think it was the second uh, run stop he made in the game. That was a big function of Tristan Hill helping to absorb some blocks and creating lanes for him to come downhill and, and make a play and not get, you know, uh, lost in the trash. Um, Hill, I thought, was was really good, you know, like I say, taking on double teams, showed some pass rush ability, had the strip sack. Uh, Tristan Hill, I think, has had a really strong camp, and that was one of the better performances we've seen from him since he's been in Dallas, I think. Yeah, that's – I will say this about Tristan Hill. Um, The ability and the talent are there. Is the consistency there? And that's the issue that he's had throughout his career. And then all of a sudden, it's the – he has some consistency, uh, you know, in a game or two where – He's up the field. He tackles, tackle for loss. He's in good position, but then he gets hurt. And then you're like, well, then we're not going to see him for five, six weeks. You know, sprain, knee, uh, elbow, whatever. You know, there's always going to be something that you're like, ah, geez, just when you feel like he's going to get going, he takes a step back. Um, You know, last week against the Broncos, he was right on top of the quarterback and early in the game, but it ended up being a touchdown. The the, the pass that went to the sidelines that uh, that uh, that they had trouble with, you know, defending in the corner there. And, and I, you know, Nation Wright had trouble with because he was close. And Tristan Hill was close to getting a sack. He was close to getting a hit. This time he got there. This time he laid out. This time he was being blocked. And he, he extended his body in order to go and get the ball. That's what you see in those drills all the time. When you look at Leon Lett and what they do with with uh, AD and those guys, when they rush the passer and stuff, they work on pocket presence. And if the quarterback steps up, you go with and then you reach. And he was able, you know, he's not the longest guy or the tallest guy, 
So he went full extension layout and then has the ability to locate the football on the ground. That's another thing that I think it was pretty impressive. It wasn't like strip sack and then roll around and not be aware of what was going on around him. He knew once he hit the ball, he was able to get down on that ball. So, yeah, Tristan Hill has, has done some things to the point where people talking about, well, could you get something for him? Do you want to keep him? Do you want to? And, Bobby, I know we could get into this another whole time. I, mean, I was talking with Zach Wolchuk, who I work with on 105.3 The Fan and who was on our program earlier yeah. uh, this year. Uh, what could you get for guys if you have surplus? And I know the guy I mentioned was Dorrance Armstrong. But, again, that's a whole nother day, a whole nother story when you start to talk about, well, if you have surplus to tackle, who, what can you get kind of a thing? And I, I think the surplus for teams looking at you – might be at defensive end more than it is at defensive tackle. So Tristan Hill is finding a way to uh, make himself very difficult for them not to tilt his tag on that personnel board when they all meet. So I mentioned uh, Mukwamu, Hill. We already knew about Turpin. Who else stood out to you in this game uh, on Saturday night? Who do you think had a good performance and an encouraging performance? I know, uh, listening to the postgame show, you were impressed with uh, – the no-name defensive tackle, Bronson, and I, I know you you like some stuff on the I interior. don't know who the hell Josiah Bronson is, but my gosh. I mean, every time I, I looked up, Josiah Bronson was involved in some type of play in the second half. And, he, you know, the guy played with power, played with some lateral agility, got up field a couple of different times. You know, maybe it's, it's, you know, it's young guy working on young guy, you know, what's going on there, but – here, all of a sudden, you you watch these, and this is why you play preseason games. This is why you try and figure out, like, well, what the hell? What's this guy's story? And I guarantee you, when I look at the All-22, especially in the second half, it's one of those things like I'm going to go, oh, Josiah Bronson here. Oh, defensive tackle, uh, 310 pounds. Uh, he's a second-year guy, went to school at Washington. I didn't know anything about the kid. I really didn't. I mean, he hadn't shown up very much at all in any of the stuff I watched. But then again, like I say, they've had drills. They've had one-on-one practices against Denver and against, you know, so I haven't seen every single rep. But you talk about a guy that kind of showed up and, and did some good things for you uh, to get to get noticed. I was on the offensive side of the ball. I, I know it, it didn't translate into big numbers. They ran 52 plays, you know, so – you were in 52 plays, you're probably thinking you're getting smoked in a game. You know, but in this case, you know, they got the turnovers. Uh, they were able to get the returns, and, you know, that kind of helped them. I was really impressed with what was going on inside with the three guys. With uh, Farniak, I was impressed with McGovern playing the right guard. And, you know, Tyler Smith, I mean, I don't – all those guys, I think they did a good job of kind of handling things going on in the middle of that, of that, uh, that offensive line. And then you look with – with ball and stuff, there were a couple of reps there where we were able to see replays of him, you know, pass set, sits his butt down, not over the top of his feet, doesn't get yanked, doesn't get pulled, doesn't get pushed into the into the quarterback. You know, kind of felt like and maybe the all 22 will tell a different story about him, but at least the replay reps that I saw of him, technique looked fine there. Uh, I mentioned uh, I thought Chauncey Golston. Uh, well, did a did a pretty nice job when you watch him. Looked like to me again playing, you know, playing defensive end, playing some tackle, 
Last week, I didn't see him. I think it was I didn't see him play much tackle. I saw him playing yeah. more end. So that was kind of a little bit of switch for him. Jake Ferguson, I think that Jake Ferguson's a really, really good football player. And, you know, he's a – I said this in the post. He's a bigger guy. When you watch his Wisconsin tape, and the reason why I got to watch that Wisconsin tape was, I mean, you you know, you're, you're helping me on that. But he looked like a tall, thin guy at 250 pounds. He doesn't look like a big guy. But when you stand next to him in Oxnard, California, there's times where you're thinking like, oh, this guy used that period between OTAs and training camp to add that six weeks, five weeks to add some weight to him. He looks like a thicker guy. And you watch him run and you see tacklers bounce off him and stuff like that. You know, you don't see tacklers really bounce off all the time off Dalton Schultz, but you've seen him bounce off Ferguson, stuff like that. I think the tight ends block pretty well. I think they blocked well for Malik Davis. I, you know, are they going to keep four backs? I don't know how they keep four backs. I really don't. They're going to be they're going to be struggling some at wide receiver with their numbers. They're going to be struggling, I think, in the secondary, and they're going to be struggling with the defensive line with their numbers too. So, um, you know, but those are the guys that kind of have, have shown up for me in that football game. T- tough call there, yeah, with, with some of these cuts that are coming. I will say, jumping back to Tyler Smith on the big run Rico Dowdle had. When we talk about making improvements and and you know taking to coaching and adjusting to things, I thought it was great that I don't know if you noticed this, Brian, when he he was about a half second away from a holding call. I think. Oh yeah, he let yeah. Guy, he adjusted as soon as he Dowdle knew he knew. Up. And I think that that's some growth that you like to see. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, because see, the holding call he got, the first holding call he got against the Broncos, and we talked about it, was right hand, left pad, and he pulled. And the ball, when the ball goes behind you, officials are like going, wow, that was a pretty massive hole. How did that get that big? And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, oh, there it is. Hold. I see the hole. I see the grab. I see the pull. That's all we asked him to do is – be a little bit more aware of the situation. If you feel like the ball's coming behind you off the cut and you've got a hold of the guy, just let go of that let hand. Whatever side that the cut's coming to, let go of that hand because that guy's probably not going to fall back in position, you know, because the back gets to and through that hole. And if you let go of the guy, he's kind of falling back and and he's not going to make that play. So good job by him having some awareness. Where the previous week it was – uh, I got caught with uh, with my hand in the cookie jar there. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian. Well, we talked about the good. There's always some bad to talk about, though. Just like we, we wanted to highlight the good last week. Uh, you, you know, you wanted to shoot you direct, but we also wanted to cover some things that were positive last week. We're going to do the same here. This is about individual performances more than about the actual finished product of the game as a whole. So uh, there was a lot more good than bad last night, but there there was some some negative that, that we can touch on. And I think the one that stands out for everybody right away is just because he 
played poorly against Denver. I don't think it was nearly as bad a game last night. But Nashawn Wright had some struggles again. Again, it's yeah. a lot of he's in position and he just he can't find the ball. And it's, you know, he can't finish the play. Or, you know, we get a bad pass interference call where he's there just a half second early. I thought there were some times he, he played okay. He made a good play in space at one point. Um, he was right on top of a slant uh, and broke that up. And so, I mean, there were a couple times where he looked okay. But overall, Nashawn Wright, again, gives up a big chunk play, has the penalty to allow a, a drive to continue. Uh, so so a little bit of a tough break for Nashawn Wright, who has yet to take his, his solid training camp, some of these solid practices, and bring it into game reps. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, I think you pretty much covered right. And I also, I, I mean, I remember on the uh, – the Chargers touchdown that, you know, he, he struggled on that. He, it's like, you know, they he, allowed, they allowed he, the pass business decision. He pulled, yeah, back. it's like he pulled back and then, you know, with, with him and then Malik Jefferson, I'm looking at my notes, you know, second and 10 and you know, the, the, the ball goes is thrown outside and he and Malik Jefferson, I mean, they were just both bad. I mean, bad, like missed tackle bad. And, you know, that that resulted in a touchdown. They had a play earlier, too, where we mentioned, like, Cox and uh, and Osa on a third and 13 miss, you know, in the pocket. And it ends up yeah. being a 25-yard gain. You know, those are the kinds of things that, man, on third and 13, if you're getting guys home, You've got to get that quarterback on the ground. You can't let him complete the ball for a 25-yard gain on you. But they had that play that happened. And then, you know, they come back. Sam Williams makes the next play for no gain. And then all of a sudden, then they throw the ball on that second and 10. And Jefferson and, and Wright are both, both bad. But neither yeah. one of them. And the one thing that Wright has kind of shown is he does have an ability to, to tackle. Is he perfect at it? No, but you know, he'll try. But in that game or in that particular play, you made the word or you said the, the statement, uh, business decision. Yeah, that looked very like, okay, somebody else make this tackle besides me. Yeah, and it ended up being a, ended up being a touchdown. Yeah, and I, and so I mean that's something that you you never want to see. It honestly reminded me, Brian. I don't know if you remember this. I believe it was 08. Uh, I think it was Mike Jenkins' rookie year. You remember Mike Jenkins? Oh, yeah. Mike would olay some stuff now. And, and it, it, that's who it reminded me of. It reminded me of the way Mike Jenkins used to approach run defense, where he'd be like, nah, no, nope, you, you Not too sure. Yeah, not too. But, you know, we've seen right, like we saw him in the Denver game, we saw him tackle. He makes it's just, it was weird. It was, it, it was just a weird sequence because we've seen I don't, him. I don't, know if, I don't know if he was guarding against some sort of cutback he thought might be coming or, or what was that. It just, it looked he like pulled back hurt. and it, it was like, like it was, hurt. it looked bad. It just, I mean, and, and on that same play, I do want to say you'd like to see, I, I don't think he was, I don't think it was a business decision or anything else, but I know it's not play too. I thought Israel McQuamu could have done a better job kind of navigating traffic than he did. He seemed to get too easily lost in, in, in the traffic there, but I mean, McQuamu had such a good game overall that that's just nitpicking. But I think there were just – it was a, a perfect storm of some, you know, missteps and some timidity, I think, that that caused for that. But McQuamu timidity, is a, timidity is a good word instead of business decision. I will change my tune to say timidity is a lot better word. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's, that's probably fair. Because like I said, I, I think that he's somebody who 
again, we might be talking about a player who's also lacking some confidence and might be overthinking things and in his head too much instead of just reacting. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it's just, it, it was a puzzling thing. Uh, you mentioned Jefferson there, and I know Jefferson's a guy who's probably not even making this roster. At least I don't sure. think so because of the numbers and everything mm-hmm. else. But man, I, there were some people that were trying to fight me about that on social media. I thought Malik Jefferson was, was really, really not good. Bad angles, uh, you know, was getting blown off the ball a couple times, got kind of dizzy, turned around in coverage a few other times. I know he made a play on special teams with a tackle, but man, it was it was a pretty rough night. That was the guy who stood out to me the most, that every time I was watching him, it was like, man, Malik Jefferson, like, like make a, a read here. Don't don't over-pursue. Don't. It's the same stuff we've seen from him his whole career, it felt like. It's a lot of guessing with Malik Jefferson. Yeah, there is a lot of that to him. I feel like he does have the talent, but, man, when you, you – know, your job as a linebacker is to get the ball carrier on the ground, and him and McQuam, uh him and, and, and excuse me, uh, you know, they, they right. yeah, right. We're, we're really bad on that. They were, that was just that, 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 that cannot happen. That that's one of those, when they watch that in the meeting, they're going to go, Hey, they've got to find a way to make a play here. They have got to find a way to make a play. I, I know we've talked about could Kelvin Joseph's roster spot be in danger. Uh, I get it's mostly been the game reps, not the practice reps. Wrights look good in practice and he's a really good special teams player. Should there be more of a discussion that if they need to cut a corner, should Wright be in that discussion with Joseph? Or do you think we've seen enough from Wright that looks like correctable things that he's not on the same plane in terms of the issues that we're talking about with Joseph? I kind of feel like, though, that's man, this is tough because I've seen Wright play very, very well in practice. Right. I haven't yep. seen him play very well in these games so far. I mean, the length, all I mean, there's been some tackling there and all, but you know, Joseph finally made a play too. That was, you know, that I thought was really. That's kind of indicative of what he can do. Back, back to back, it, back yeah, to back. and that's what I'm saying. And I broke up the slant, and then Joseph broke up the ball, the ball on the very well, next. Ball. You know, and I was talking with Nick Eatman before we went on this. Uh, before we went on air with this broadcast, I was asking him like, "Hey, man, you know that that thing about Joseph? I know Bobby and I have been talking about it and all that." He's like, "Listen," he goes, "I'm not saying he's going to get cut, but I'm saying is." A lot of these guys, these backup guys, he goes, to be honest with you, he goes, a lot of these backup guys, they're not assured roster spots. He goes, you you know, you can single him out, but like you and I are talking about, some of these backup guys that are playing in these games, you know, it might be surprising to see who they cut. And he goes, but he also says, you know, they'll find ways to protect their draft, though, too. You know, they'll find ways to not cut Joseph and not cut right and, you know, like they'll put some guys out there that, you know, well, maybe we're playing a little bit better than than those guys. So, yeah, it's it, it, you know, I, I was explaining to him, like, listen, we've we've had discussions about Joseph. And, you know, it's not like you're you're not singling out Joseph. But he's saying, well, you could say Joseph, you could say, right. You can there's there's a lot of these backup guys that are, you know, they're kind of not not on the right side of making this football team right now. The other guy that I thought was really disappointing, uh, and, and he was better than he had been the week before, and he made a couple plays last night, but, man, they need Jalen Tolbert to be better than he's been in these first two games. He's he's just flat out not been good enough. Yeah, I think that when you start to talk about Tolbert, I don't see a guy 
that's really fighting for the football. I don't see that. I don't see that guy that's like strong in the body and the core and holding guys behind him. And, you know, he's letting defenders go through him to get to the ball. And I yeah. you can't do that as a receiver. You've got to be strong. You've got to be sturdy and stout. And you got to be able to extend your hands. And if you're getting knocked around, you got to extend those hands and bring that football into your body. You can't allow the thing to get on top of you and try and cradle it and, you know, and, and just and cover it that way. You've got to find a way to make this happen by being strong and going and getting it. Don't let don't let defenders go through you to get to the ball. And you know, that's that's been an issue with him. I I, I think the lack of strength, that's been surprising to me that yeah. he hasn't been strong enough. I called it, you know, wilting, fainting, whatever you want to, you know, maybe not using the right words there. Is timidity but again the right timidity word? Timidity is a great word. I'm glad I might use that word the rest of my days. Because <laughs> it is, it's not, it's not a very confident that's my ball kind of a deal yeah. with him. And it and it's been, you know, the route that he ran for the one catch he had for 19 yards, if you watch the replay, it wasn't a great route. And and, and I sound like I'm picking on the kid, but man, I, I saw a better player at South Alabama. And maybe there's just too much going on right now for him. I, I will say, I, I will say I did like that I liked one aspect of the route that he ran there where I thought he showed a little bit of, of savvy because it was it was like, you know, it was a dig. He was just running a dig route there. And I thought when he planted and made his cut that he gave that little outside hand, he gave that little jab to just create a little bit of extra room off of the defender. So I thought there was like, he used his hand. I I, I liked the way he used his hands when he made his cut to like create a little bit, but yeah, overall it, it wasn't as. I just felt like it was kind of not run with balance. You know, it was kind of, it was just kind of, he just rounded it and then, you know, he, but he found he did, the wall. He absolutely and, rounded it. That's yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. it kind of like, you know, when you're, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to, but hell, I'm nitpicking on the guy. I don't hate the kid. Please don't, please, folks, don't feel like no, I, I hate the kid. kid. I'm just saying, though, I saw a better player at South Alabama than I'm seeing right now for the Dallas Cowboys. And it, and it could be his confidence, but the, he is not playing with strength. He is not playing with any strength. And he's allowing defenders to kind of control him and get through him to to make plays on the ball where he should be a little bit stronger doing that. Does he look in terms of his build? I don't know about you. Does he look a little more slight here? A lot than more he, slight, a lot more slight than he looked at South Alabama. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know if he's, I, and I maybe, don't know if, maybe people in that conference aren't very big. You know what I'm saying? That but there's I mean, some good football played there, you know, against I mean, the Taylor and Tennessee and stuff. I just remember feeling like he looked bigger on. I Taylor thought so too. I thought so too. He's, he's just right now. He is not playing. He, he is not taking that that attitude of that's my football. He's yeah. allowing defenders to go through him to get to the football. Uh, and then uh, just as we wrap up the segment, can, and, I, can and- I mention? Can yeah. I mention one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'm no closer on this quarterback thing. So that is, I'm, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I'm going to say this: I am no closer because I didn't think that I didn't think that that Cooper Rush was terrible last night. And I didn't think that Will Greer – I thought Will Greer was good, but it wasn't blow me away good. No. You know? And okay. so that's where I'm like going, oh, okay. So if you want to say something bad from last night, the fact that you ran 52 plays, 
the fact that you ran the football well enough that you didn't have to throw the football a whole lot. I, I'm kind of hopeful in the Seattle game that's a little bit more. Let's see these quarterbacks kind of do some things. You know, let's let's see let, let's run more than 52 plays and and get an opportunity to really evaluate these guys because I am no closer. I, I know what I saw Will Greer in practice and I liked it. And I know what I saw last week in Cooper Rush, and I didn't like it. But I saw a better Cooper Rush this time around, and I saw an okay Will Greer. But th- I am no closer. So that's a bad for me as far as and, – and also the kicking situation. McCarthy had a chance to kick an extra point from 33 yards, right? Yep. What did he do? He That was the one thing that Brett Maher struggled with was the extra points. That's what got him booted out of here. And all of a sudden, now you're going for two in this game? What are you doing, man? I, 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 I'm i sorry. That might be nitpicking, too. But, man, you need to see these guys kick. I don't think we're – I don't think we're any closer. I really, really don't with this kicking situation. What did, what did they run? They ran a, a pass play for the two-point conversion, right? Yeah, they, think, th- yeah they threw the ball in the flat. They went <laughs> play action. They threw the ball in the flat. and, and got that, Damn you, good call. Damn good call. That, do you think that was a function of they knew Greer was coming in for the next series, so they wanted because they had gotten so many limited reps for Rush, they just wanted another one of him doing. Well, he something. played. He played damn near the whole game last week. You know, you you, right. you don't know Cooper Rush. You know, there's but to me, I don't I mean these kickers. I I don't know. I I, I say yeah. it all the time. I don't know if the kickers on this roster right now. But no, that's fair. you turned I, you turned away a chance. An extra point now is thirty three yards. That's like a field goal. You know. Yeah. You're kicking a lot of these 30, 33, 35, 38, 42-yard field goals to win games. You know, let's see these guys kick, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I thought that was a missed opportunity right there. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now it is time to turn it over uh, to our dear listeners for our Twitter mailbag. Got several questions coming out of this game. First one here uh, from Dr. Mark, uh, and it, it's kind of a generalized one. Uh, but, Brian, what's your biggest takeaway from the game that you're most optimistic about? So not just, hey, this is an individual performance, but but what kind of, you know, big long-term takeaway do you think you can have from this particular game? Is it Turpin and just how that affects the return game? Yeah, I think that, you know, that right there gives you a little a little hope that if Turpin can find a way to average 10, 12, 14 yards of return, you know, be one of the top returners in, in the NFL, that's, you know, that's field position right there. That's Dak Prescott getting the ball on instead of his own 38, maybe he's getting it on the, the, on the 48, or maybe he's getting it at midfield. You know, that that's that one less first down that you maybe have to get on a scoring drive right there because of, of what Turpin's doing. I'm very encouraged by what I've seen, though, with the backup running backs and the physicality with which they run. And, you know, so if something does happen, and we don't know with Zeke and this whole situation, but, man, I I, I tell you what, I I feel good, you know, handing the ball. Now, maybe it'll be different. Maybe it'll be different. You know, my hope is that with the offensive line that that these guys will continue to have success. But these backup running backs have have done a far better job in two games than I believe – that they were going to do running that football. Kind of, uh, we'll make the next two questions about those topics. Uh, question here from Kurt wants to know how the Cowboys can get Turpin more involved in, on offense because he feels like speed kills. I think that he, you're looking at 
pretty much just a gadget player where it's it's yeah. maybe eight to ten snaps. Very similar. I mentioned the name earlier. Very similar to how they used Lucky Whitehead, I think, in 2016. Yeah. He'll be out there for some fake jet sweeps, maybe some reverses. Maybe occasionally he's just out there for a general, like a, a real route that he's running out there. But I think a lot of it is going to be jet sweeps and decoy looks, and, and that's going to be his major function on offense. That's a really slight football player. And I mean slight. That's a 155-pound guy right there. If yeah. you think you got uh, Tariq Hill or anybody with those guys like that, you know, I mean, someone compared him to Eric Medcalf from back in the day. Eric was 5'10", 188 pounds. You know, he was a thicker guy. This is not a thick guy. This is like if you had classmates in sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, that's 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 what you're talking about with this guy right here. I mean, he is a small, slight guy. He's explosive as all get out. He's got a great feel. He's got a great understanding of what he's trying to do. He could be a great weapon. But getting him the football, I would rather find ways to get the football to Pollard if you really want to be honest about it. You know, be creative getting him the ball, Pollard, and then maybe some offshoot stuff, you know, uh, with with Turpin. But if you sit there, you know, the lucky white, I, one of the, I, I talked about this, one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest victories for, I think, for Dak Prescott is he went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers in 2016, and they had a great defensive effort, and they beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. But it was, it was lucky Whitehead's jet sweep at the end of the half that turned that thing around because he got a first down on a third down run and the, and the Cowboys had a drive and they went down the field and, you know, Bryce, uh, uh, Bryce Butler made a great catch in the corner of the end zone and they got a touchdown right before half. That's the kind of things that you need to do. Screens, handoffs, heck, maybe the kid can throw the ball like what we saw with Cedric Wilson off one of these reverses or something like that. But I would, I would like to see them come up with more plays for Pollard and then supplements some other plays uh, for Turpin. And then uh, you mentioning the running backs there, the backup running backs. Question from Terry Lynch. Three or four running backs on the 53. I think you're a guy who feels like it's it's hard to justify four. I'm putting four on there. Give me Malik Davis and give me Rico Dowdle. I want both these guys on the roster, Brian. Well, uh, I think that, you know, I want to thank you first off, Bob, because in my initial 190 players, Malik Davis was not one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And through your sources, your visiting with people, uh, you said, hey, what do you know about Malik Davis? And I go, I don't know anything about Malik Davis. And you said, well, you need to watch. You need to watch. He goes, I'm having guys tell me that we need to be on the alert for Malik Davis. You watch the Florida tape, limited reps, limited carries. When he was in there, yeah, it was some productivity. I think he averaged over five yards a carry. But, man, I mean, he he looks like a different back running the ball right now for the Dallas Cowboys as he does as he did for the Florida Gators. So, you know, they brought him in as a 30-visit guy. There was a lot of interest from the Dallas Cowboys. I couldn't find anybody else. You know, I trust guys like Dane Brugler and stuff like that that I do a lot of work with. And I was telling Dane, I go, hey, you got to – Bobby's telling me you got to look at this Malik Davis. And he's like, why? You know, why? He, he doesn't – he's not the primary back at Florida. Why do I need to? And I'm like, well, the Cowboys are all over this guy. So I – do they want to let him go? No. Can they carry four running backs? Man, okay, where if you carry four, where are you going light? You're going to go somewhere light. 
You know, and I don't think you go light on the defensive line. I don't think you go light in the secondary. You, do, you carry, do you carry eight offensive linemen instead of nine? But, yeah, okay. But, see, that's you, the thing you, about you, it is you, see, what, that for, that Malik Davis is a guy like I love Malik Davis. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I know that, you know, when I put him on my board, I'm like, hey, this is a sixth-round guy. I mean, I go, this is okay. This is a draftable kid. After yeah. you watch him, this is a draftable kid. But then again, I'm thinking, okay, Malik Davis or one of these offensive tackles, you're probably going to say, I would take Malik Davis over ball right now. You would probably say that. You or, know? or even Collins or Alarcone. Yeah. You know, Alarcone, I mean. Alarcone's been good, but I think. He's been, but yeah, not to the point where you're going to play him right now, but I think sure. he's gotten a thousand percent better. But you're 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 thinking about these backs, and you're thinking Dowdell or Davis. If you gave me the choice, I think I might take Davis over him. Wow, yeah. I would take Dowdle. I I, yeah. I like both, but I would take Dowdle just because I feel like Dowdle Dowdle to me the contact balance, the vision. He's he's, he's they're both good backs. I mean, they're both. Yeah. Did you see? You talk about balance and contact. Do you see yeah. Davis's run you know, yeah. to get to the goal line to get to the one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's banging off guys he's spinning he's putting his hand down he's leaning forward who do you who do you think who do you think you have an easier time potentially getting to the practice squad if you need to make a cut though i don't think you i think you lose both of them potentially i think yeah yeah because what's going to happen is okay now we're going to figure out on the all 22 who's playing special teams more who is lining up at special team spots davis davis had davis had a one of the big blocks on the kick return for turban there you go there but Howell's also been a guy who's run back kicks for them in the past. And the he thing has. Is, he has. And I, and I think he was out there on the punts. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. You know what? See, that's to, what I'm saying. That that guy has got to show up on special teams. We, we need to see if we can get Bones Fossil. We need to ask sneaky questions in the press conference about to Bones Fossil about the contributions on special teams. From Absolutely. Those yeah. That'll tell uh, you who's going to be here. Next question here from at Kobe three says, who starts at center week one, Tyler Biotish or Matt Farniak? This will be Biotish, but I will say Farniak was good last night. I, I, I tell you what, I thought the inside three, I thought McGovern was good too. McGovern at right guard seems like a good fit, you know, but you got a Hall of Famer playing right guard right now. So, yeah, Farniak, you know, second level blocks, getting up on guys, playing with some power. See, last night Farniak played better than I've seen him play. So, it's still going to be Biotish, but man, I feel a little bit better about what Farniak did last night. And let's see what Farniak does against uh, the Seahawks on Friday night. Would you say that if if Biotish went down, would you feel more comfortable with Farniak stepping in and having a spot start, or would you prefer somebody like Connor McGovern do that? See, they would tell you that maybe Connor McGovern would get work. You know, Connor McGovern gets sneaky reps at center without us watching. So they, I, I kind of, I've had whispers say that Connor would might be the center, but right now I think Farniak would play. I, I think, I think they would go with Farniak in that in that situation. Now, do you want Farniak going up against you know Vita Vey and all that's that's about to happen with the? Uh, and by the way, as we get closer to that Tampa game, man, you talk about a team losing offensive linemen now. Holy yeah. geez. I mean, they're at they Tom Brady back. Yeah, well, that's a little bit of truth. I tell you what, though, they're going to have to protect Tom Brady, too. They've lost another offensive lineman last night. So, 
this thing might be might be playing the right direction for the Cowboys, especially if they're front the way we think it's going to be. Uh, question from uh, I know your your very good buddies, UK Cowboys fans. Yeah, I love those folks. I love the folks over there. Yeah, they do a great job. They really do. And we talked about this guy earlier. Has Tristan Hill done enough to stay on the 53, or do you think he needs to show more here in the final couple weeks? Man, please let him play against the Seahawks, and please let him have some production, and please let him stay healthy for a long time. Because we saw last night what he's capable of. I don't think Rod Marinelli was wrong about the player. I don't think I don't think the scouts were wrong about the player. I think the player was 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 really immature. I don't think the player knew what which way was up. I don't think the player was ready for being in the NFL. He was a super young kid. He didn't he didn't he did not know that game day and actives. Yeah, were. he did yeah, he didn't know that. He thought he was on scholarship and he just got to play. That's kind of the way it was. That's so not an aberration or a joke. He literally as a He didn't know. He didn't know there were inactives. And when he was inactive, he was confused. He didn't know what the deal was. So I'm glad to see him have some success. I'm glad to see him have some health. Um I need him to just to keep playing. But I said it earlier, Bobby. If you're looking for surplus, and I don't know if they want to trade Dorrance Armstrong for an offensive lineman or one of those wide receivers, but I think people would take – if you let go of Dorrance Armstrong and Tristan Hill at the same time, I think people would claim Dorrance Armstrong before they claim Tristan Hill. But I, I, we, I, I, we, need, we need Tristan to just keep playing well. Uh, question from at the J.A. Massey. He says, and and we'll uh, we'll probably finish up on a, a positive note here. How encouraged are you by the young tight end talent on the team now? Uh, I tell that, you what, yeah, that's, yeah. That's I mean, position right now, Hendershot and Ferguson look really, really good. Yeah, I think there was some maybe a missed block down on the goal line or something with, uh, but I need to check the all twenty-two on that. I, I I think they've run the ball better with the second, third group because the fact that the tight ends at the point of attack have been better. You told me about Hendershot. Again, yeah. I give you full credit about that. The scouts were all over him, uh, about him and his ability and all that. I, I think that, to me, uh, you know, I know that uh, McEwen, uh, you know, I you know, I know you're in love with him and all that stuff like that. I, not, I, I just give him credit for springing two, but he had two great blocks. No, that's, uh, you're, you're in love with him and you want him to make this team. <laughs> I think they're only going to carry three tight ends myself. I agree. I, agree. I mean, if you told me to carry th- – Three, four, four running backs or four tight ends. Please let me carry four running backs. Yeah, I'm not going to carry. I'm not going to carry because I, I feel like that those other ones have surpassed. I think the other ones have surpassed, like the sprinkles and guys like no that that you know sprinkle. You know, has got the Achilles injury. That seems like to me. I've said it on Twitter. That's kind of one of those. Yeah, like okay, hey, I'm going to go on IR. You're going to wave me injured. You're going to give me three game checks, and then I'm going to go off your IR, you know, list. So Sprinkle, I think, sees what's going on at at, at tight end, and we're starting to get that. Mm, maybe I'm not healthy enough to play a bit, and so injuries settle me, and then give me money, and I'll leave your I'll leave you alone. They've got. I think their tight ends are fine. I really, really yeah. do. Yeah, I really no, like I, I, I think it's a a really good group that they have. Uh, and one that, you know, if, if these young guys show out, we'll, we'll probably make it easier for them to say, yeah. okay, we, we can let Dalton Schultz uh, go find something else into the or you Or you just go ahead and franchise him one more time. Sure. sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but either way, they, they have better options than they did when they felt like they were a little 
yes. handcuffed, I think, into franchise tagging him this last Ferguson time. Lo- Ferguson looks for real. Hendershot looks for real. I would go for those three and let's play football. Well, we've got uh, practices back at the Star this week. We've How got a Gosh, Friday night game against the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, and after that, the next uh, football game they will play will be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but Brian, uh, we'll, I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming you'll, you'll try and make it out to practice if you can. I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, with my show and I think Rangers baseball, I got to think they're, I think they're on the East coast. So I got to figure it out that maybe tomorrow night, uh, I've got to figure all that out. But gosh, I hope I'm out there watching practice because man, it has been killing me not to be able to do that. Well, it'll be, it'll be a good week, uh, for Cowboys fans. We'll be back with you guys talking to you again on Wednesday.